Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. We don't always swear, but when we do, it's on podcasts. Please listen responsibly. Welcome to the Reading Circle Temple. I'm Molly. I'm Indy. I'm Brittany. And I'm Goodwin. Today we're reading chapter 15 of The Will of the Empress. Grab your cup of coffee. <laughs> or tea. Or your drink of choice. And let's mount a rescue. In chapter 15, Briar and Triss are pissed. Very angry. (laughs) They track Sandry to a secret tunnel and through sheer willpower, manage to rescue her without killing anyone. Then Triss flies them back out of the tunnel to Baronine's private uh, audience chamber. Baronine herself is at the party for the Lyran ambassador and she believes, because Finn has told her, that Sandra just disappeared. We don't know where she went. Uh, and then Ishabal comes in and tells her that Sandry and Briar and Triss are waiting in her private audience chamber. And they are pissed. Sandry is all beat up looking. <clears throat> so she puts a tail on Daja, basically, because she doesn't want to have to deal with all four of them. And then she goes to uh, visit Sandry and Briar and Triss and notably does not sit in her throne, but like sits on level with them. And Sandry recounts her story of how Finn tried to kidnap her. And Triss plugs up the, uh, the secret tunnel that Sandry had been kept in which kind of annoys Baronine because it's the secret tunnel that she used to escape would-be kidnappers. Sandry also announces that she is leaving as soon as she can pack, 
because she does not want to wait all summer for this to just happen again. She is highly offended because this this happened in Berenine's own court and women are supposed to be protected in her court and Berenine kind of tries desperately to try and get at least one of Briar or Triss to stay and they're like fuck no look what just happened to her sister bye uh so Berenine watching her plans fall apart demands that Finn and his mage uncle, his uncle who helped him, who is also the head of the mages guild, both be arrested for treason. And then she asks Ishabal to do whatever is necessary to keep Triss in Namorn. Then Briar goes back, has a dream of all the bad stuff that happened. He ends up waking up and decides to take back all the shotgun, all the little trees. Uh, back to the greenhouse and uh, while he's there he sees Berenine there she has fallen asleep while tending to some orchids she wakes up and still pleads with him trying to keep him uh, to make him stay and he tells her no thank you and hands her back the pass to the greenhouse Part one of our three-step reading process is reading like a novice. This is where we talk about what we liked and didn't like about the chapter. So tell me, <laughs> tell me about the roller coaster of feelings that you just went on. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. I think that's a good summary of everything. Just bruh. I am just before i get into the likes i am waiting for like the fallout between like daja and everybody because she was not there i don't think that they'd be mad but i'm not sure right now with everything like yeah especially with her there. she should have but instead she was off playing with rizu and yeah it's not good no it ain't good that sucks. I would feel bad if it was like me in that situation. Uh, I liked, Briar's just joking, but he's like, when he's talking to uh, Triss and like, you know, back at Discipline, you'd, if you were got this med, you'd scorch the top off of the thatch, just, you know, burn the entire ceiling of their, of Discipline. But uh, she's got a lot more control, even though she's mad, she's still got it. And then I think Briar knows that, but he's still like, I don't know, it'd be kind of funny if you did kind of let go on these guys, like I- if you did kind of. I just, I just love the. I won't lose control if that's what you're, if that's what worries you. Worry? No, I'm hoping for it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so it made me sad seeing Tris be like, no, that I don't want that. Mm-hmm. It was a little heartbreaking. It's growth. Yes, it and I love that he pointed out her growth. Like, it it shows how much she has grown and. I don't know if he knows it because they've been apart for so long. If he's surprised by it or if he is like, okay, yeah, I already knew this, but I don't know. I think he knows because it's like that kind of joking, like he's not serious, but. Yeah. Well, we've, we've seen repeatedly already through this book how much more control she has. Yeah. He's already seen all of the growth she's done. 
so it's just kind of a, a I, I like to think it is kind of that that joke of oh man if only because <laughs> mm-hmm. she's able to do some pretty crazy shit the comment that Tris makes about like no I don't want that to happen I I think that comes directly from Shatterglass yeah that makes sense yeah I liked when she just fucking uh, breaches the fucking door like a fucking operator and just like blows it open and it was such a it, it was a very short like paragraph describing everything that happens when she like goes in but it was very well written very cinematic i felt like i would love to see that be done in real life as a scene in a movie the paragraph before it though is amazing just yeah seeing it in a movie would be so great her being covered in lightning chime sitting on her like her also covered in lightning and her just rushing through the halls wind around her lightning it's it looks she was she was fucking ready like she was was like she was like it was so well executed like as as i'm not in the military i'm not a police officer but i have a deep appreciation for 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 tactics and weaponry and i loved every part of this scene like tris getting ready like pushing the wind the other way so they the noise doesn't go down the hall Mm-hmm. Like it, it is just so. It was good, and it was short, quick, knocking the shit out of them, putting them essentially in cuffs. It was really good. I liked that a lot. I was gonna say this is why they're wanting her for battle magic. Yeah, that's true. Because this is just the ability that she has. Tris is mad. What can you say? And she is. She's pissed. Um, I like the interrogation. I like that Chime got involved. She's been around. She's been doing cute stuff. But then she's like, listen here, fucko. I'm going to get in your face. I'm going to put my sharp little glass teeth right next to your eyeball. And you're going to talk. Or you're going to lose this eyeball, fucker. I still don't know if they actually communicate. I think they could kind of tell what they're like trying to get across without actually talking. Mm-hmm. I don't know how that works. It's fucking magic, so I guess they don't have to explain it. But the dude wasn't talking, and the chime just saddles up on his neck and is just like, yeah, you, better, you better start talking, dude, or else I'm going to take that juicy eyeball right out of your skull. Mm-hmm. So uh, I guess chime was the bad cop in that situation, which is yeah. which is weird, which is very weird. When Triss is like telling Sandry and uh briar that like hey i can get us out of here really quick but you like have to not squeal is that what, promise not to squeak we know what's coming they don't know what's coming and then briar's just like ah, the things i do for my sisters as, as someone with two sisters um can relate yeah it's <laughs> so cute i love that line uh, that line just made me think of like superman or he always has like women holding on to him so he can fly like, all right, this is what she's going to do. She's the superhero in the situation. She's got people clinging to her while she flies. <laughs> I yeah. really like that image because it kind of gender bends it. Mm-hmm. I liked the part where they're in the meeting room. They just stopped talking. Quen was about to cast a spell on Sandry, I think, to keep her in the room. Because mm-hmm. she was acting kind of haughty and, you know. Briar and Triss are just like locked eyes with Barony. It was described as uh, the same unblinking attention with which her falcons watched prey. That's that's got to be horrifying, right? Even though they are barely adults, knowing that these mages 
that are accredited are like watching you like fucking pray like that's got to put anyone's like yeah mind on edge absolutely they won't hesitate like i i, I think you know in, in the beginning baronine thought that they were separated enough to not help each other but like clearly that is no longer the case they are ride or die right now so uh good thing she stopped quen because it probably would not have been good for ever for anybody if uh that had two things who is luvo and or what is luvo because if luvo is a friend but can also fit snug in evie's arms how small is luvo what is luvo i just again my my brain just goes to ludo from labyrinth <laughs> that's that's where my brain went so um, yes. another cat I, this is gonna sound stupid, but I'm literally thinking like Mushu from Mulan. Like I'm thinking it's another dragon. I don't know why. I know why because it's China based. But like, I love that. What What is it? What else can it be? Right. Briar realizing that he escaped, you know, one one cage, and now he's looking at a gilded one right in front of him, and he's like, "I can't do it." No, thank you. Yeah, he's already been in jail once. Not keen to do it again. Briar distracting Sandry, talking about all of the fabrics, and then I, I love the uh, he'd exhausted Penchy uh, Silks and was describing the butter sculptures. <laughs> I, I love how he's distracting her, but also we can see from this that he took notes. Yes. Like, yeah. everywhere he went, he took notes on the fabric because he knew that she was going to want to know. Yeah, I absolutely love that. And I, he knows what the things of this silk is called because it's called, she calls them slubs. And he's like, you know the things you call slubs? And it's like he mentally like took notes of these things. Like, okay, these are the things that Sandry talks about. I'm going to take notes and tell yeah. her about these things. Mm-hmm. And he I also have to know about those things, but he knows what a slub is. It's very yeah. considerate. I also love the whole conversation about the slubs because he's talking about how people used them to like pass secret codes. And that is actual history. Like that's really cool. There are historical events where like, uh, particularly during like wars, people would basically weave codes into things. I didn't know that. That's fascinating. Oh my gosh. That's so cool. Excuse me for saying as much, but I wouldn't dare show my face to your uncle if I let that idiot kill you and himself. The only way his grace wouldn't kill all me is if I could give him Flynn. (laughs) Absolutely love that because we don't see Vedris mad. We've seen him like very offended and very annoyed, but we haven't seen him mad. And I'm just like, would he really though? Yes. In that circumstance? Yes. Oh, yeah. Uh, shut up you annoy me I've said that <laughs> Tris just straight up being like we don't need the both of you and prior being like would you actually kill one of them and she's like they don't need to know I won't <laughs> locks are for the unimaginative unless they're artists of course and normally I'm all for art her her express elevator <laughs> I, I like Briar's reaction. He's like, what are you going to do, Tris? Fly? <laughs> Essentially, yeah. yeah. In fact. <laughs> like, what? I, I do like that they're just referring to these people as rats. 
Mm-hmm. But specifically, I like the you ought to put maids with brooms at the other end of the hole to beat rats when they come quack. out. Quack, 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 quack. Briar saying, uh, it is only a courtesy to you that I don't address Finn myself. Uh, mm-hmm. It's my sister you tried to kidnap, and our magic is plenty thicker than blood. Blood of the Covenant is thicker than the water of the womb. God damn it, that's what the actual phrase is. Briar, Briar, Briar. Come on, Briar, you should know this. Uh, Come on. He, he basically said that, though. That is their version of that phrase. Yeah. Do like that he's just like, you think any uh, you think a strong woman can always beat this? I call it rape in any country. And I'm just no. like, God damn, dude. Mm-hmm. He said it. You're Rose Thorne's boy, all right. You sound just like her. No. Yeah. And then Goodwin took the last one. So there's a couple in here that you took, Goodwin. So sorry about it. Uh, you're fine. I absolutely uh that is absolutely fine. <laughs> you didn't take the big one, so anyway. Alright, I guess I'll go ahead and go then. Um my first one is when they recall the night light crystal that they made for Sandry. I was like, oh so cute. I wish she had it with her, but it was so cute. Because she usually has a wither, but she decided not to this time. <sighs> um, and then my next one is when Briar promised himself that Finn would pay for frightening her so badly. It's like, yes, Briar, get him. <laughs> this whole book, he hasn't really seemed like he cared. We know that he cares about Sandry, but he refuses to open his connection with her. But when it comes down to it, he's there for her. He'll go into battle for her because he loves her so much. And it's, it's nice to see that after a whole book of him basically saying, uh, I don't care enough to even have my connection open with you. So He even acknowledges like, she would not have broken through using the thread if she wasn't in real trouble. Yeah. When Triss is coming through the hall, Briar realizes that she's pulling the air up past them. So uh, the people won't hear them coming. Briar tells Triss, you're wasted not being a thief. But she doesn't find it funny because she's so angry. Triss and Briar get into the room. They're trying to get Sandry out, and the guard is like, you can't open it. You don't have the key. And Briar's like, locks her for the unimaginative, and then just bursts the crate open with his plant magic. Amazing. When um, we see Berenine at the party, um, she starts suspecting Finn a little bit because he's acting too coolly. Like, "Mm," he's a little suspicious, but then she thinks to herself, Finn was not fool enough to stage such a thing within the walls of the palace. Mm, Yeah, he is fool enough. He's stupid because that's exactly what he did. My next one is a dislike. When Barony thinks to herself, I would hate to learn the hard way that their teachers had underestimated our guests' control over themselves when they granted them their medallion so young. Really, just because they're young doesn't mean that they can't control themselves. These four have gone through so much 
they have definitely learned to control themselves, especially Tris. Oh my goodness. They they deserve those medallions. And yeah. she's I think Baronine and her mages realize in this scene how much they deserve them. Uh, especially with what Triss does. I think that there's probably a moment where they're like, oh, shit. Like, they really do have amazing power and control. Yes. To be able to pull that off. Um, While standing my, there, nonchalantly. Yeah. Like. Um, my next one is a like slash dislike. They are, when Baronine and her people go into the room... Triss, Briar, and Sandry are all wearing their medallions outside their clothes. And this would have been a perfect opportunity to finally show or tell what Sandry's is. Like, ah, I want to know what it is so bad. And this would have been a perfect opportunity to do so because we finally see that Sandry has one. But alas, we do not get to know what it is. And that makes me sad. But it was really cool. It was a really cool power move. But I was very sad. At that point, there were like no longer guests. They were like showing a little more status. Yeah. My next one is when um, Baronine tells Quinn to heal Sandry. And Briar tells Quinn, be very careful with what you do. Our patience is just about gone. Like, oh, shit. You better be careful, Quinn. They are very upset, and your next move could be your last. And he's being the nice one right now. So yeah, you don't want to piss these kids off. No. My next one is when Briar tells Baronine, "I forget. I have a terrible memory when it comes to secrets I don't wish to tell." He knows exactly what she's on about, mm-hmm. and he's just like, "Nah, you don't need to know that." Um, my next one is another dislike. When Baronine tells herself, I have true great mages at my side, not accomplished children. Like, oh, Baronine, shut up. You're seeing what these kids are doing in front of you, and you're still like, mm, no, not impressed. These kids, they shouldn't have got their medallions already. They suck. They're just, they're just kids. They don't deserve it. She's about to find out. Walk around, found out. When Baronine uh, tells Briar, hey, please still stay. And Briar's basically like, why would I stay after all of this? You must think so highly of me if you think that I'm just going to be like, okay, yeah, you tried to kidnap my sister? No big deal. It's fine. I'll stay. And then Tris also says, "Uh, thank you for the offer of the position. But I'm with Briar and Sandry. I'm out of here. Bye. Dang. It's really laying it down on her too. Mm-hmm. And then I have another dislike <laughs> when Veronique tells Ishabov, "I want her for our service even more now." When she swears to us, you will bind her so she knows who her mistress is. Like, uh, no, you leave Tris alone. She's gonna beat you up. Yeah, I don't think that's gonna happen. It's not gonna happen. They're going to try. It's not going to go well at all. It is not. No, I am I am so ready for the next chapter. Let's see this shit happen. And then my last one is when Briar goes to take the trees back to the greenhouse. And he tells the little trees, uh, just because I'm mad at the Empress 
uh, I won't let you return to the world without all the protection I can give you. And it's so sweet. Like, oh, he cares about Pip so much, which we already knew, but yeah. it was still really cute. The whole thing about how Sandry is super, super brave, but afraid of the dark reminds me of the princess from Patrick Rothfuss's Princess and Mr. Wiffle books. The princess is fearless, but afraid of the dark. Just like you, Molly. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> a- accurate. I am also afraid of the dark. So they tie up the guards, and then Sandry's like feet and hands are torn off from trying to get out of this box. And so Briar tries to cut the shirt off of one of the guards, and before he can do it, it just falls apart because Sandry is that fucking pissed. Briar calls Chris Copper Curls. Hooray. <laughs> I just have to, it's like nails. I have to write it down every time he says it. I love coming back to the party after the rescue because it's from Baronine's point of view. But the first couple of paragraphs, we actually have no idea what the fuck's going on because she's like talking about how she told the Lyran ambassador that like Sandry is sick. And it's like, what like did she was she involved in this somehow Finn said she wasn't and then it's not until after those first couple of paragraphs that we find out that no she has no idea what's going on and she's just made an excuse to keep the gossip down because she has no idea where the fuck Sandra is yeah and I I do think it's interesting in general just what the way she behaves in order to keep the gossip down like, I don't want this to just be like a big thing that everybody's talking about. I want to keep it a secret. And so like, so she's not acting on it right away mm-hmm. because if she does, then like everybody's going to know about it. I feel like we get confirmation in this chapter that Baronine did not plan to like seduce Daja with Rizu. Yeah. Um, I also like the way it's written I get the impression that she's actually like really like genuinely happy for Rizu she's like this is a person who I care about and I'm glad to see that like she's happy with this person she's also happy that like it's a reason for Daja to stay which will in turn be a reason for Sandri to stay but she's like like, I did not plan that but I'm glad it worked put simply the Baron is or the Empress is a complete idiot but she is smart enough to take Isha and Ken with her when she goes to see Tristan, Sandri, and Daja. She keeps telling herself that, like, oh, no, they're just, like, kids. But mm-hmm. like, she knows they're not because she takes her two great mages with her. Yes. Something about how, like, Sandri's voice is really hoarse and, like, Barony comments on it and Briar just deadpans, like, well, screaming does that to a person. Mm-hmm. I mentioned this in the recap, but I'm going to bring it up here. Uh, again, Baronine, it states that Baronine does not sit in her on her throne. Yeah. She sits on a regular chair to talk to them. I guess it shows you the weight of the situation, that she is literally meeting Sandry as an equal in this moment. Mm-hmm. And then... Triss and Briar are just like, no, I'm not going to sit down. Triss is like, oh, I'm not a dainty little flower. I don't need to sit. And then Briar is just like, fuck you. (laughs) I am far too angry to sit. And it actually says that she's worried about losing his friendship. 
so again like she is human like she has like legitimate feelings so like the conversations that she's had with Briar about gardening there is some legitimacy there it's not just her trying to like win him over Mm. there's also an element of like talking shop and like she appreciates being able to have conversations gardener to gardener and uh he's not going to care about that soon and she's aware of it i'm really interested when sandry starts telling her story canile turns to her and she's like and he's like did anybody see you with finn baronine just kind of shuts him down but i'm kind of interested in like what his purpose is asking this question it almost seems like he's like i don't believe you why would finn do that like yeah i think you're just coming up with lies right like i'm trying to figure out if it's he wants to get a better idea of the general picture or if he's like i don't know you could just be making this up i don't know i feel like with uh baronine thinking to herself oh i think maybe finn knows but he wouldn't be foolish enough to do that i think quinn is probably thinking the same thing uh nobody would be foolish enough to do that so why would she say that she must be lying maybe looking too much into it but also kind of like that when women are hurt or abused or assaulted and they go to someone like the police or a guardian or someone else there there is that like i guess like kind of victim blaming kind of situation where it's like did this actually happen like did you do anything to cause this what like yeah i I don't know if that's the exact same thing that's what's going on here but you know it does kind of make you question like do they believe her I don't think that he believes her, but I don't think it it's something like, oh, what did you do to cause this? Because I think they all clearly know what she did to cause that. And that would be that she has a lot of money and everyone's been trying to woo her. I do like that connection, though. Um, I do, too. And- but I, I don't think that's the case here. But it do be like that sometimes. Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure, all the time. And I would say, yes, my maid saw me with him. Yes, yes, she mm-hmm. did. Like, mm-hmm. they need to they need to ask Kadruni. Mm-hmm, because he's like, doesn't she look lovely? Because uh, Sandry's like, stop it. You're trying to flatter me. I don't like it. And then he mm-hmm. turns to Kadruni, and he's like, well, doesn't she look lovely? And she's like, yes, of course she does. So... The maid saw her with him, so she has a witness. Not that she has to explain herself to Quinn. But it's interesting because, like, Finn's story, from what I've gleaned of this chapter, is that he went to pick her up and she was just not there. If they talk to Gudruni, it'll be like, ah, well, mm, your story doesn't hold up. No, because she says otherwise. But then again, are they going to believe the words of a maid or are they going to be like, Sandry told you to say this, so that's why you're saying it. You talked about how, like, they're they're referring to the people as rats, but just a continuation of that story. I really like that Briar's just like, yeah, Triss just gets alarmed. Triss got alarmed because she really doesn't like rats. Like, they freak her out, so that's why she's closing up this this hole. I I love that they just, he just, they keep adding to it. Yeah. Like, it just, oh my gosh, so good. Uh, Adding on to that, though, like, Baronine is like, stop her. And she's like, I wouldn't do that if I were you. 
So that almost makes me think, oh, I really don't like rats. I need to close this up or you're going to be sorry because I will bring this whole place down if we don't get rid of these rats. I don't like them. <laughs> have a very, problem and I have to fix it. <laughs> it's a very tiptoey way of like getting away with essentially closing off the escape route from this castle in front of the owner and letting them know and like making it to where if Baronine were to say, hey, don't do that, it would almost make her not quite an accomplice, but like at least aware of what was going on. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it, I, I find that really interesting. I also think it's kind of a power move for her to just sit there, just the way she's literally sitting there very calmly and Baronine's like, stop. And, and Tris is like, oh no, I wouldn't do that. Yeah. Sandry just being as pissed as she is she's generally an incredibly merciful person but then uh when they're talking about Triss closing up this escape route Baronine's like well but what if there's anyone down there and Sandry just snaps and she's I won't leave a tear if they drown which just fuck them all to hell yeah she's mad one of the hardest parts of being imperial was learning when to back off from a fight I'm just going to go out on a limb and say she hasn't quite learned that yet. Nope. Also, her, like, she's still spilling all of this, well, women need to be strong, and and if a woman is truly strong, then she'll escape her, uh, she'll escape her captors bullshit. I don't raise it, uh, I don't uh, rule an empire of weaklings. Yeah. It was really interesting, like, hearing her say that. And we, we know that's, like, the official party line for her to be, like, women need to be strong. If they're not strong enough to escape, fuck them. But we also see her, like, feeling almost guilty mm-hmm. in this, like, talking, like, looking at Briar and, like, seeing what's happening. It. And it kind of goes back to like showing Baronine as like an actual human, like a real character, not just mm-hmm. a bad yeah. person. Mm-hmm. Where she has these emotions, but you know, not not to make an excuse for her, but she also she has to keep these feelings inside and not let them out because she is the Empress. Yeah, like her station will not allow her to feel that and let that out because it would show her as weak. Yeah, and seeing uh, Namorni society being what it is, she can't show that. But uh, it it is interesting seeing her kind of run through these like emotions and like she's like almost feeling it or like it reminded her of a feeling she had a long time ago. She, she's a well written character. I don't yeah, like I... her, but it's a good character. Yeah, I think that's what like the difference between her and Zanadia is mm-hmm. like Zanadia is kind of this flat evil caricature there's really nothing good about her but when we get Baronine because we get more from her point of view we see these little moments where she actually does care about people and she has like emotions that extend beyond I'm bored and what power Exactly. Sandry's chin thrust forward like a mule's. Oh, uh, yeah. Them, them land rigs be like that. Very mule. Yes. 
she doesn't even realize she's crying. Until she's done with her, her rant and then she starts wiping her tears, she realizes later because she it does say that she wipes her tears away. Yeah. Uh, back to Berenine's like her being a full character we get this like little mention of she learned about what it takes to be a strong person and rule a strong country as her father signed her second kidnapper's execution papers I guess I don't really know where I'm going with this but I think it's interesting that we get this little teensy insight into like how she was raised yeah she very much grew up with this I kind of get the impression that her dad probably didn't do shit to help her when she was kidnapped and was like like it you're gonna you gotta take care of yourself I like the fact that she describes the the women who come to live in her court as ornaments like she literally describes them as ornaments yep I'm supposed to protect these women who come to serve as my ornaments, which is exactly why Sandry doesn't want to be there. Exactly. In in the previous chapters, when Ishabal offered Triss the job and says, like, look, you don't have to do battle magic, um, Triss is like, in her head, she's like, yeah, you say that now, but in the end, it always comes back to battle magic. And then as Triss is leaving, Berenine turns to Ishabal and she's like, I want her more than ever get her yeah. for me battle magic Gudrini's reaction to Sandri like she's still really pissed and Gudrini's like okay if you're gonna throw a temper tantrum then I'm just gonna leave you here and you can call me when you're ready to act like civil like yeah. she's such a mom <laughs> I'll help you put your nightgown on and I'll clean up your mess tomorrow that's really funny <laughs> yeah like I'm I, a kid. I I like you can tell that Gudruni has children from the way she handles this situation because I don't feel like she's condescending or anything but she is very straightforward and she's just like look I don't have any reason to be here if you're gonna act like this so when you come down let me know that I'll be here for you um Briar similar is just kind of like I have never seen Sandry this angry but doesn't like doesn't try to talk her down anything because he knows like I'm this is like she just kind of has to anger it out there's not really anything I'm gonna say that's gonna fix the problem but I do like that he observes even while she's like ranting about how Baronine treats her people like crap he's like you know she's kind of doing this to her people mm-hmm. and uh, we'll we'll see what what becomes of that you know her imperial majesty will put obstacles in the way, right? Neither of neither you nor she knows how to leave well enough alone. Them land drags be like that. Yep. I love that Sandry is like, look, you don't have to come with me if you want to stay and like be imperial gardener and all that. Like you're still my brother and I won't love you any less. Which is so sweet. And then his response where he's like, uh, if they treat you like this how are they going to treat me and then i i love the parallel where he walks into the other side of the greenhouse and she's asleep in the greenhouse because we had the previous scene where he fell asleep in the greenhouse and she came in on him while he was asleep yeah so and so it's clear that like 
they probably kind of handle that the same way. It's like, I can't sleep. I'm upset about whatever. So I'm going to go sit in the greenhouse. And it makes her even more human that way too. Like she's upset and her comfort are her orchids. And so she goes Mm -hmm. to her orchids because she's so upset. Yeah. If she wasn't so power hungry, like I feel it. It's, it's kind of interesting because she's like desperate to get the four of them to stay in May Morn. She would do such a better job if she just didn't try as hard. If she wasn't so power hungry and like desperate to like cling on to them, there's a much better chance that they would be like, hey, you know what? We like this place. What's not so bad uh, here? Or, or at the very least, even if they didn't stay permanently, like make it something where they like, you know, travel back and forth. Because mm-hmm. I could very much see, like, if Berenine made Namorn a more hospitable place to live, I could see Sandry agreeing to be like, yes, I will spend so many months of the year in this country, like, tending to my lands and all of this. And it's very likely that her siblings would come with her. Mm-hmm. And then Berenine would have Briar to consult with her gardens and and Daja to create amazing things. And I feel like if it was more hospitable, Daja would probably end up staying to be with Rizu. And then Sandri and her other siblings would travel back and forth. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She would have at least one of them there. Because I feel like Daja would probably stay. She probably would. And then the other three would be like, well, we're going to come visit. Yeah. Berenine could have exactly what she wants if she's, or very close to what she wants if she just stopped fighting so hard. For mm-hmm. Even Briar might stay if she's more hospitable. Like, I can stay here and garden stuff and leave when I right. want. I can travel back and forth if I wanted to. I'll be here most of the time. Right. Great. Right. You'd hang out with Daja and, and like, tend to these amazing gardens. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. 
With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at Burrow.com Acast, and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Part two of our three-step reading process is reading like a dedicate. This is where we look for a theme or a message in the chapter. What theme or message did you find? Confrontation. This whole chapter was nothing but a big confrontation. Sandry confronting Baronide about all the shit that happened in the previous chapter. This was basically all that happened in this chapter i feel like it's just a confrontation i was gonna say yeah that's pretty much what i got to because that's all a fight <laughs> you're ready to throw hands throw hands um, lightning vines wind whatever kisses if you're dasha and rizu <laughs> the thing that i found was self-control because as mad as Triss got, she's still very in control of her actions. Oh, yeah. If one of my friends were to get kidnapped by a man who was going to marry her, I don't think I'd have that much self-control. Briar also, like, I don't know if he was being polite, but I, I see the self-control. Like, right at the end of the chapter when he's talking to Baronine and he's going through like, oh, this is what Sandra would say. This is what Dasha would say. This is what Triss would say. And he's like, here's my resignation. Here's your permission. Slip back. I don't want it. Uh, I feel like Briar also had some self-control, too, during the whole good cop, bad cop routine as well. Yeah, usually he's the anime villain. Yes. This time it was, it was Triss and... Uh, and Chime. And Chime. And the last one, Baronine, even though she's pissed that Sandry's, like, walking away and leaving, and she sees that Quen is about to, like, stop her with magic, she's like, nope, don't do it. There's other ways to skin a cat, or, or in this way, in this case, a mule. I'll be honest, I didn't really have a theme. So I wrote, da da da, the power of friendship. Yay! Hooray! Listen, that is a that is a classic that will never be that'll never be wrong for these books. I, was I do say. feel that it's well exhibited in this chapter, especially like with what we were talking about about the whole thing with the rats that goes on for like three pages. Yeah. And they just continue yes. to add to it. And Briar starts it. And they all, it's its like they know exactly what the other person's about to say. Yep. Just, just say, Feeling off of each other. 
So so just that riff I should have gone with the blood of the covenant is thicker than the water of the womb. I mean, that too. <laughs> I have I mean, actually, already said it. That is literally the theme because Briar literally says it. Yeah, yeah. that's true. That's true. Yeah. Our magic yep. is thicker than blood. Yep. Part three of our three-step reading process is reading like a mage. This is where we use the text to craft magic in our own lives. What magic were you able to craft out of this chapter? I have a terrible memory when it comes to secrets I don't wish to tell. Damn it, that was mine. Go ahead. Okay. I wish uh, Indy had gone ahead because mine is very half-baked. It actually involves the paragraph before that talking about um, Baronine saying that could not talk to the mages about her spies and how much she knew about them. Adults understood that people spied on one another, but these young people were idealists, not realists. She doubted they would ever understand that everyone spied on everyone who might be important. Kind of reminds me of this whole balloon bullshit we got going on with China sending spy balloons over here and people making like a giant fucking deal about it. Like, I get that it's like weird to have that and it's it doesn't feel good, but also the United States has had satellites spy planes this is nothing new i don't know why everyone's having such a fucking fit about it right now that doesn't make it right but we do it too yeah other countries are all aware that everyone spies on each other all the fucking time because that's what geopolitical rivals do like i get that balloons are kind of like weird but it's it seems kind of dumb I guess my personal magic really is more like, you know, fuck the government because they're not telling us any more info about this, you know? They're they're keeping very mum on what was carried by the balloons, what information it got, what other balloons have been shot down. I don't know if you guys have been on Twitter lately or the internet and everyone's like, oh, they're shooting down UFOs, they're shooting down aliens all over the place. Like, no, they're just shooting down more balloons. Everyone un- understands that all this, anyone that has any grasp of, like, how countries deal with each other this is normal this is nothing new it's nothing to really be like scared or upset about you're just upset because it's a fucking balloon you can see but like we've been doing this all the time i sound like i'm a shill for the government but trust me i'm not but it's it's just kind of dumb this whole balloon china situation is dumb i i kind of took a little bit of a different route but i do agree (laughs) i more took the route of if someone confides in you don't go blabbing other people's secrets, man. If somebody decides that you're the person that they want to tell this thing, you shouldn't immediately go to someone else and be like, you'll never believe what I just got told. I have a little bit of that problem with one of my friends because I'm the person she goes and runs and tells like what the other person says because we have a mutual friend she will come up and be like, oh my gosh, you'll never believe. Like, holy shit. It's fun. I'm not going to lie to you. It is so much fun just because I like shit talking to the other person. But if it's something like actually serious, you don't need to go tell someone else about those secrets. And if somebody asks you, hey, did you hear about this thing? Because I think this person is doing... If it is a serious secret, don't go tell everybody and their dog. Because whoever told you that meant to tell you that in, like, confidence. I have a terrible memory when it comes to things I don't want to talk about. I went with the same thing that we talked about. Give people autonomy. 
or be willing to compromise. Baronine here, it's because she is not willing to compromise. It's because she has to have it her way that she's going to lose any chance of getting anything close to what she wanted. And I think this happens a lot where we're like, no, it's it's my way or nothing. In reality, if we're willing to go, okay, I'm willing to give on this point, then you're more likely to get people to go along with whatever it is you want. Mine is check your privilege. Baronine, she's talking about it requires strong women, strong men, and strong children to survive and make it prosper. Uh, I learned that from my father, even as he signed my second kidnapper's execution papers. Her people don't have that capability of handing out execution papers to get people killed if they kidnap them. And then another example of this privilege is when Sandry is telling Briar, well, you don't have to go with me. And Briar's like, well, if they're going to treat you like that, how are they going to treat me? How are they going to treat your maid? How are they going to treat Jigmores? They're treating a noble like this. They're going to treat lesser people even worse than what they're treating you. It's just a reminder to check the privilege that you have because other people have it worse than you sometimes. Myself, I am a white woman. I have a lot of privileges that, say, a Black woman wouldn't have. I may not have a lot of privileges as a woman, but I have more so than uh, other people. So check your privileges. We like to end our episodes with an excerpt from the following chapter. So this is an excerpt from chapter 16 of The Will of the Empress. The news that Sandry meant to leave for Emelon within the week made Landrag House buzz like an overturned beehive. The servants soon learned that when the normally kind Sandry was this angry, it was best simply to get out of the way. Ambrose and Alaga were made of sterner stuff. Their discussion with her ended in a shouting match that drove Briar out into the Rose Garden. He had little to pack now that his things from the palace were bundled up. He placed his personal shakan on a stone bench so it could soak up sunlight while not moving and proceeded to give the garden a last inspection. Ambrose found him while he strengthened the roses against parasites. I had thought she would finally see it as her duty to stay and represent her people, Ambrose told Briar without preamble. To represent them in the noble assembly, you must reason with her. She's in no mood for reason, or didn't you notice? Briar asked, viewing one rose's leaves and stems from every angle. Besides, she's got duties at home, too. Didn't she tell you? She's one of his grace's two top people. She keeps his castle for him and advises him as he governs the country. If he goes out of Somerset, she stays there in his place. There's rumors he's going to make her his heir. She doesn't believe that one, but I do. His grace's heir is bleep-brained. Ambrose sat hard next to the shakan. She never mentioned it. Briar gently fed the rose a little extra power, probably because she doesn't think he'll disinherit Franzen to put her in his place. The rest of it she calls just helping uncle out. His own seneschal gets her signature for plenty of things rather than pester his grace. But just because she talks it down doesn't mean she doesn't think it's important. She loves Emelon. Maybe she could have loved it here, but there's no chance of that now. Once Sandra hates something, she puts all she's got into it. Covering his face with his hands, Ambrose groaned. 
The Landreg women all have this mulish streak, he said, his voice muffled. Do you think? Briar asked, a little too innocently. Moving to one of the trees, he called. This is the last year you'll be getting apples from this old woman. She's tired. He stroked the tree's trunk. But let her stand, will you? She's got plenty of good years left as a tree. I wouldn't dream of cutting her down, Ambrose said, dropping his hands. I've had plenty of good apples from her and hid out from my relatives in her branches. I only wish you'd had time to go over all our fields at Landrin Castle. Briar looked at him. There's no saying I might not come back, he informed the man, but on my terms, without all this glitter and flash. I'm just a plain lad at heart. Ambrose's grin made him look like a boy for a moment. Well, plain lad, you're always welcome in my home, wherever I make it. See exactly what we were saying earlier. If she would have just been mm -hmm. nicer, she would have had to come back probably. Reading Circle Temple is produced by us, Molly, Brittany, Indy, and Goodwin. If you like the show, tell your friends about us. If you don't like the show, tell your enemies. You can also help people find us by leaving a rate and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Find all our episodes at our new home on ACAST, shows.acast.com slash Reading Circle Temple. Shake it us. We'd love to hear from you. Send us an email at templeofreadingcircle at gmail.com. You can also follow Reading Circle Temple on Instagram, Tumblr, and Facebook. And you can join our Reading Circle Temple Facebook group. To find us on Twitter, tweet at Reading Temple. A special thanks to Yellow is for Happy for our artwork. You can find more of their art by following Yellow is for Happy Draws on Tumblr and Shannon and Draws on Instagram. Another special thanks to Brittany's brother, Thomas Dick, for our theme music. You can find more of his music by following Thomas Dick on SoundCloud. Thanks to Tamara Pierce for writing The Circle of Magic, and thanks to you for listening. Let's all have coffee next week. <laughs> this this was uh, quite a ride. Um, this one's going to be fun to edit. I'm sorry now. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. 
For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you.